Welcome back to the Leo Weekly Podcast. I'm Sid Bishop. We're here for 99 Bottles, a deep dive into one beer from one local brewery. This week we're here with Leah Dinas, partner and head brewer from Apocalypse Brew Works. Uh, today we're going to talk about their Oktoberfest uh, beer, which is just about to go on taps. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your Oktoberfest. Have you brewed this particular recipe before? Yes. Um, now the very first time we brewed it, I ended up, I liked the beer, but um, last year I did the deep dive and went all in on all German malts. All right. So um, all of the malts that are in it are from Germany, and I really feel that makes a difference in this beer. Yeah. So this beer here in particular has all German malts in it, you say, right? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was going to actually ask a little bit about the malts. I understand they're, from my perspective as a person that drinks beer, malts are a huge factor in an Oktoberfest. Um what is it about German malts that, that sets it apart to you? Well, I mean, the style was developed in Germany, so it, it makes sense that you would use something that was the terroir, so to speak. Um, and they brewed with those malts. They brewed with that water. Of course, we're, we're brewing with our delicious Louisville water. Um, it's pretty good. Oh, love our water. Love it. Um, but I have, like I said, I've brewed this with American malts before, but I felt that the German malts really added something more tasty okay a little bit more richness I'm, i mean we have great american maltsters here but i think it's just the grain itself really adds to it the pilsner malt this is pilsner malt vignana malt and munich malt and okay. um and they're all considered base malts but they give you that toasted note um that richness there's two different i mean two different layers of you know like a bready note you'll get from vienna and then you'll get like toasted bread crust from the Munich. And then the Pilsner is there to kind of hold it all together. That's the lightest malt. Is it normally three malts in, the, in, uh, in an Oktoberfest? Well, the interesting thing about the style is, as I was reading more about it, when Oktoberfest was originally, the, the Oktoberfest was designed or came about with the, the marriage of King Leopold I and, and his wife, to be Teresa, it was a five-day celebration, and they brewed the the main beer. It was like the 1810, and the main uh -huh. beer that they made were Munich Dunkels. Now, as the malting started to improve, and they were able to brew to make lighter malts, they started making um, using Munich malt and making it more amber colored than darker, and they made it a Munich style, uh, the Oktoberfest. Okay. But as that goes, that's to 1830. As they, you keep getting going up in the 1870s, lighter malts are easier to make. Um, they're becoming really popular. So now if you go over to Germany, most of the Oktoberfests are very pale in color, and they hardly use any kind of amber malt at all. However, us in America, we like the amber ones. So the American, like if you go to the American Homebrewers, I mean the, well, the American Homebrewers Association and the Brewers Association, uh, it's the, you have to call it the American style Marzen Oktoberfest. Okay. Um, so most of the, the Oct Oktoberfest that we have in October or, you know, when it starts in mid-September, yeah. um, they're amber. And that's the style, that's the Marzen style, which is the, it's more toasty and bready and that's, that's what we in America, we tend to like more. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the color seems to be fairly static from one Oktoberfest to the other. They don't always taste the same, but they always tend to be this kind of um, burnt, burnt like auburn color or something like that. Right, a mm-hmm. little um, bit orangey. So is the gra- is grains and hops, is that also something that's unique to this style? Um, where, yes, yeah. I mean, the, the, what you want to do, I mean, it's, it's, the German styles are always very traditional, and they've been brewing them for a, a long, long time. Right. Um, so they use noble hops from that region. So most of the time it's a, like a Saz or, or um, a Hallertau, okay. a little bit spicier hop, but it's also really smooth and easy to drink. And they're all lager beers. Yeah. So that, and that makes them, because what they did was they would bring, they would brew them in March because when they first started brewing them, they didn't have any refrigeration. Right. So they had to brew them in March and they put them in these cold caves and going, oh, please, can you last until October? (laughs) Don't skunk or blow up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And at the same time, when they were doing this kind of cave lagering of these beers, the yeast itself was even changing. Okay. And adapting to slow fermentation in cooler temperatures. Hence, we have ale yeast at warmer temperatures, lager yeast enjoy cooler temperatures. Gotcha. Yeah. So we've, it's, that's really cool. So it sounds like these have all been adaptations that have kind of evolved with technology and along with our understanding of brewing in general. That's pretty right. Neat. Yeah, the big things that happen with, with brewing, it's um, the lightening of the malts, the, the, the people that, the kilning of malts, because way, way back, they would dry malts over open fire, so... Everybody was drinking dark smoked beers. And Sounds all right to me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. Um, but as you know, refrigeration came online and malting techniques were able to change and you didn't have to do it over an open flame anymore, an open fire, um, and then they could control the temperatures, then um, lighter malts were able, and then so now we have a whole bevy, a whole um, spectrum of different types of malt that we can choose from. Yeah. Well, and that actually kind of brought me, I wanted to, to ask a little bit about the, the grains, the malts, the hops. Sounds like, you know, there's, uh, I got, well, the question I'm trying to ask is, is it hard to get what you need for an Oktoberfest at this type uh, time of year? No. I know there's a lot of other places that are looking for oh. s- comparable stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, these are all, like I said, they're, they're basically base malts. Okay. So you can get them year round. Um, in Germany, like, People, you know, they, they do the Oktoberfest, but Marzen, which is more of that what we're, we're drinking now, right. um, that's a year-round beer in Germany. So, but all these sto- all those malts we use in a, a lot of the recipes that we use, so they're always available. I just didn't know if there was like a any kind of problems at this time of the year because everybody was trying to snatch up certain things. But that also actually kind of leads me to just in general. Uh, what an Oktoberfest is, um, and you've told me a lot about the details and the history, but is it, it feels like there's still a little wiggle room in the sense that, I guess I'm trying to say, is it, is it sort of like chili, right? So we can have chilies that are wildly different, but they're still called chili. And I've seen Marzen style Oktoberfest. I've seen Oktoberfest that call themselves lagers, um, I've seen some that are lighter, some that are darker. The ABV is inconsistent. The flavor is sometimes more bitter than it is. Um, you know, it's more, more along the lines of like a, a pale ale or something. 
um, but was still kind of that maltiness than it, you know, than, than other styles. So it seems like there's a lot of wiggle room there. Is there a traditional, like, is there an expectation, I guess, for what an Oktoberfest should be? Well, the hard part is this is America, you know, yeah. you know, we, <laughs> we take every style and then we, we you, you, the Brewers Association, which is our professional organization, it does a great job of chasing these styles as they start to change and mutate um, because, like I said, the traditional ones, I think it's the seven breweries that are around Munich that are allowed to call them Oktoberfest in Germany, they're a lighter style of beer. I mean, they're like, think of a Munich Helles, which is a, a like German lager. It's yeah. light colored. It's sort of, you know, pale gold. Um, but it's a, to brew to strength. So it's like, you know, Munichellis on steroids. And right. that's what, and that's what people are drinking over there in the giant liter mugs and only drink three or you'll forget. Trust me. I only know. drink three liters of beer. Uh, <laughs> the three. Yes. Yeah. I got lost in the top of the beer hall one time. My <laughs> friends found me though, but there were all these millions of people. They said, just drink three. And I think I was on my third one. And I'm like, where did my friends go? I don't care. It doesn't really matter. I'm I'm yeah. in I'm in Oktoberfest in Munich. I don't care. Right. <laughs> that's that's the uh, uh, is, what did Homer Simpson say? It's the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> right. Um, but you're right. I mean, there there is there is a variance. Um, like I said, uh, that's why they it, like it. Great American Beer Festival, there's the German-style Oktoberfest that's judged as a separate category than the American-style Mars and Oktoberfest. Okay. Because they have different descriptors, different colors. Um, ABV can change. Um, Oktoberfest, supposed to be a festival beer. So it's usually supposed to be a higher alcohol beer. Um, This one is a little bit higher. It might be a little bit out of the style, um, out of the guidelines, but... You know, I don't think anybody's going to complain no. too much. Do you know what the guidelines typically are? Like, what what is the general ABV on this? This one's six point eight percent, right? And I think it's tops out about six point five. Okay. Yeah, it's like five and a half to six and a half. It's so this is a little above. The a norm, little above but that, not yeah. wildly so. No, it's not crazy. Um, did, were there any added uh, adjuncts or additives or anything that you used in this? Uh. No, because I try to do it the you know the Reinheitsgebot way, which is um, the the German purity law, which was from the 1700s. Which see they didn't even know what yeast was, so it could only be like water, hops, and malt. Right. And, you know, so they they couldn't do any adjuncts. I think because what they were doing is they were breaking away from. They wanted people to use hops, and instead of trying to use like herbs or. Um, wood you know like juniper or or pine or or anything or not pine but like spruce anything that wasn't those items so germany had a pretty strict law about what you could put into to create a beer laws Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's more fun um i think i do in this one i've got a little bit of wheat which i put a little bit of wheat in about everything Right. It's usually good for head retention. and It gives a little bit of, uh, makes it a little heartier, a little haler, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit because we've asked, we've really gone pretty deep into the specifics of what makes an Oktoberfest an Oktoberfest. Um, I understand that in general that you've 
you judge brewing competitions sometimes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, I'm getting ready to go to Great American Beer Fest. Awesome. Um, yeah, in two weeks. So it'll be that whole first week of October. So I'm going to fly out Monday so I can see a couple of Denver breweries. And then we start in, we have our orientation, judges orientation Tuesday evening. Because a lot of people, that's when they fly in. Gotcha. And then it's six, um, well, it's three days. And it's either five to, it's about five sessions a day. Okay. And you're judging about 11 beers at a session. All right. Yeah. So Are you drinking them? Yeah. Yeah, beer is different than wine. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Right. Um, now with wine, they they you know they swirl and then they they'll they'll spit. But yeah, beer, but part of part of the, um, part of the how we judge a beer is it's just it's not it's the visual, it's the aroma, it's the flavor, and then the finish. And the finish is after you swallow the beer, how long is that flavor lingering in your mouth? Is it short? Is it dry? Is it long? Is it sweet? Is it hoppy? Um, any kind of descriptor that goes with it and the brewer needs to know that information so yeah we're swallowing yeah. stuff now it's great on the lower alcohol beers but you know when you get a flight of 12 barley wines you know you, you it's a smaller sip yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> um has that informed your choices as a brewer in general? I mean, ha- having gone through this this process cuz I understand you've done this how many times now? This will be my 5th year at Great American, but I'm also a BJCP national judge and a mead judge. So I've been doing that for 8 8 maybe 10 years. Has that influenced you in any way? Like oh. you're seeing what works for other people and what doesn't? Right. How does that how does that manifest itself for you? Well, it's 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 really interesting um on the humber side because our guidelines are are pretty detailed and pretty strict. It's a great training ground for new brewers and experienced brewers to try to think about putting the square peg into the square hole yeah. and trying to be that best square peg ever. Right. But when you go to the professional side instead of having five paragraphs worth of information that you you know descriptor about like i said aroma mouthfeel carbonation and all that they have a one paragraph description gotcha and that style can change from year to year because they are following what is being sold out in the marketplace so like last year they introduced as new styles the hazy ipa right um most entered category ever for a new style and the highest entered category of all time. Well, that makes sense. Hazy IPA, right. And yeah. I jumped all in because we get a set that they'll send you a sheet and you can put down your preferences. And I'm like, I'm going all in. Let's let's taste these because we don't get tons and tons of them here. So I'm like, it's, 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 it's great to be able to... Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, it's great to go all in on that because then you get to taste stuff from all over the country, yeah. which is a, a ton of fun and stuff that we probably wouldn't necessarily get in maybe our region of the country. Has it inspired any ideas for you that you've brought back or is it oh. more just like looking at different styles and saying, here, here are the things that I'm seeing that works. Here are the things that I'm seeing that don't. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, I was um, fortunate enough to do gluten-free beer all the way to the metal round last year. And it is amazing the kind of beers that people are coming out with um i also did up until up 
to the metal round, I, I'd like to do, I always do the crazy stuff, experimental, awesome. um, specialty. I ask for that stuff. Um, I also like the smoked. Um, I do try to do barrel aged, although I also judge a <coughs> competition up in Chicago in November, which is a FOBAB, the Festival of Wooden Barrel Aged Beer. So <coughs> I really get my fill of barrel aged beers going up there. Makes sense. Um, but it's interesting to see what people are doing across the country and are competing, and they're putting out their best stuff. Well, if they ever need any help with uh, any of the judging, let me know. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's, that's the way you learn. I mean, you, you, you can download. I've got that. There's the BJCP, which is the Beer Judge Certification Program app. You can download it. It's got over 100 different beer styles in detail. That's awesome. And it's got um, suggested um, beer, beers to buy. Oh, cool. So, so you, you have can, kind of a starter kit yeah, to you, know what to look yeah, for. You buy it and you taste along with the guidelines and see if you're, it's, it's a training of your palate. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on my palate all the time. Sure. Because, yeah. you know, if you haven't done it in a while, you get, your palate gets a little rusty. That's true. Has that, so have you ever judged any kind of Oktoberfest or anything like that? I mean, if you're going in October, it stands to logic that there might be some there this time. Um, I got to judge Marzen's at World Beer Cup uh, two years ago. And, um, it was really interesting because I was judging with a woman from Germany who of course knew her stuff. And then a gentleman from South America, which that is, it's a pretty popular style in the, in the lower Americas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Vienna lagers and and there was a lot of German immigration there. Right. Right. Um, So it was, it was really interesting to judge with two different people that knew the style, but he was trying to bring it back and, and what it has um, evolved to in the, in South America. And then she was bringing her, you know, her German, which, you know, she knew exactly what they were brewing. And then here I am, the, the American judge. Right. Yeah. And it was fun to talk about it with them. Well, it does sound like it did have an impact on you though, just seeing how it works. And, To a certain degree, it also kind of reminds me of how, like, you know, classic poetry or different prose styles or things like that work where you have a very strict set of guidelines and how you push against that is where your art comes in. So you're doing, you know, you've got these rules and how you build on those yourself is what makes them, what makes it interesting rather than just going hog wild. Well, that's how I've uh, trained myself as a brewer was try to, you know, I was putting that square peg in that square hole as many times as I could and I've got a slew of medals to 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 prove that it 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 worked and then it was like okay this works now what do I really want to do yeah let's do something a little bit different and and you know tweak it a little bit and and see what happens what kind of tweaks would you do this year you you had your an early taste today what would you do are there any things that you're that you've ever had on your bucket list like I want to age this in a bourbon barrel or something i mean i know that that would change it from being a pure oktoberfest but i didn't know if that was a thing um i don't know i i think i i think this just probably needs a little bit more time i mean we we gave it enough it's weeks. delicious we gave it enough weeks but um this kind of beer can hang out for for quite a while i mean lagering is to it basically to, to lay it down and, and to let it let it rest let it change and condition and then see what happens I mean, usually you'll just get most beers, like hoppy beers just get maltier and the hops fall out. But sure. malty beers really hold up. They hold up really well. How long do you think this will be on tap? 
Oh, we'll have it. We'll have it on tap probably through the winter. Cool. Because it's a it's a it's a great addition to our lineup because. Everybody, you can't just live on hops alone. No. I know some people can, but no. I like having malty alternatives and non-hoppy alternatives. And uh, this one, it the German, like we just had a um, Municalis, and the uh, and the this, these styles really hit a different note. And there are not tons of them out there, so it's it's kind of nice for for folks to have that choice to. You know, try a multi beer. And people that have never even had one, and I'm like, you like to have toast, right? You like bread? Taste this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it sounds like, in that sense, that it's like uh, like a chili in the sense that the longer that it sits, the better that it gets. It ages well. It sounds like mm-hmm. is what you're saying, right? And that that's actually that's that's everything that we had for you today. So awesome. thanks for coming out and telling us about your Oktoberfest. Uh, and this beer uh, hits the taps uh, today, Friday, September the 20th. So check it out. It's delicious. Yes, please do. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you.